Welcome to Spirit in Action. My name is Mark Helpsmeet. Each week, I'll be bringing you stories of people living lives of fruitful service, of peace, community, compassion, creative action, and progressive efforts. I'll be tracing the spiritual roots that support and nourish them in their service, hoping to inspire and encourage you to sink deep roots and produce sacred fruit in your own life. Let us sing song for the dreaming of the world That we may dream as one With every voice, with every song We will move this world along As I seek about for what I can most valuably share for spirit and action, I look for those doing the work of healing the planet from a number of different perspectives. Sometimes, like today, I find someone who's helping bring our kids conscious of the good work and lives that they can lead. Aaron Abelman and Dave Room are doing that kind of work through Balance, Edutainment, and their recent production, Pacha's Pajamas. There's room for all kinds of amusement and heroes in a kid's life, but I reserve special esteem for altruistic heroes and heroines doing their work non-violently. You understand I'm not knocking, completely at least, Popeye, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and the like, but I'm particularly pleased to be able to share with you a world saver like Pacha. The creator of Pacha's Pajamas, Aaron Abelman, joins us today by phone from Oakland, California. Aaron, welcome to Spirit in Action. Thank you so much for having me. What you're doing with Balance Edutainment and Pacha's Pajamas is really exciting. What led up to doing this work with Balance Edutainment? What's your background with environmentalism? Well, it's rooted in a very deep personal story, which stems all the way back to my childhood, having been raised on a urban farm in central coast of California. I was really fascinated by the collision of worlds from a very young age, the, the world of traditional relationships with the earth and where our food comes from and what's going on with our water and the climate. And also seeing this kind of invasion that was happening all around us. In fact, on all four sides, we were surrounded by urban, suburban sprawl. There was 22 fast food restaurants in a two-mile radius within two years. I think I turned 10 years old, and two years later, after it was mostly farmland around us, the entire Goleta Valley went into development mode, and it was a development boom. In fact, at the time, in the early 90s, there was 30,000 acres of small farms and farmland across the country being lost daily, and it was a silent massacre. But we were just a, a microcosm of that story, and you know, I really saw the community that emerged out of you know all these new neighbors that moved in all around us as an opportunity, and I think my father, who's an author and farmer, and my mother, who's a public health care nurse and works with the homeless and hospice, you know, they, they'd always seen seen everything in life as, as an opportunity and 
you know, I think they were very entrepreneurial in their in their intention to bring the community in to the land and and really use it as an opportunity to educate and empower the community around what uh, a farm could be, you know, which is what Wendell Berry calls the connection of the word agriculture, that there's there's a culture of agriculture that we've kind of forgotten about given the modern world is so disconnected from where our food comes from and the processes that go on to creating meals. But the food system is so pervasive and connects so many of the environmental issues in the world from the field to the plate that that really provided, I think, a, an interesting perspective about how to engage an urban population and regular mainstream people with environmental issues from a very young age. And so I, you know, I, I witnessed that work through my father's books. But you know, I think I'd like to take it one step further in the the work that I do in my life, which is to be able to scale the environmental movement and and create a, just a, a mainstream popular culture that actually respects our relationship with the earth and our relationship with one another and ourselves and ultimately that that learning process especially at this critical time with climate change being so pervasive and the the pollution of our world causing so much strife I think we have an interesting opportunity to make that learning and that that change into a way of life and to make it fun and inspiring and especially focused on children. So that's what, you know, balanced edutainment is looking to become a thought leader around how best to use popular culture as a vehicle for addressing critical environmental issues and social social issues as well. Pacha's Pajamas is our flagship initiative, which I'd love to speak about. How about as an introduction to it, could we share a little bit of the music from it? Oh, yeah. The music is definitely a calling card for us. So we'd love to bump that music on your speakers, share it with your, your kids and grandkids, with your parents, grandparents. It's a great content for kids of all ages. Let's kick it off with a new track featuring Talib Kweli, the amazing rap star who has been such an inspiration to my generation. A song called Butterfly Life. You know butterflies love pianos, man. We go together like Make a plane, tell you cut and dry How I get by living the life of a butterfly Nature's OG, I'm a pilot transporter They call me OT, original transformer Cause I used to be a caterpillar Till I metamorphosized Used to have 16 legs and 6 pair of eyes I spent my free time dreaming about the sky I was stuck on the ground wishing that I could fly My only job was to grub I wipe my plate clean Live the lifestyle of a vegan Eating them leafy greens Flowers bloom, I'm breaking out of cocoons Artists are inspired by me, I'm making them swoon But now I put my larva days behind me Flying through the airs where you find me When I was a caterpillar, yeah, I got grimy Now I take flight and it's way more exciting Word Fly, fly away, yeah Sing out for your fly. 
cousin and sometimes we fly alike as I flood by like a thought running through your mind. I'm proud of my species. We got many different kinds. You got more butterflies, true butterflies, skippers. Watch you plant flowers in your garden and I kiss them. If nature is a painter and a canvas is blank, then we calling it the forest and my colors is the paint. Pillar days are still a part of me. Whole kingdoms are named after me. The cooling in the monarchy. I'm a great subject for photography. In the park, little kids follow me like the Pied Piper. Except it ain't the music, it's the colors. Butterfly life, you gotta love it. Yeah. Except it ain't the music, it's the colors. The butterfly life, you gotta love it. Word. Fly, fly away, yeah. Sing out for your fly. Butterfly Life, it's from Pacha's Pajamas, which is a wonderful new creation of Balance Edutainment, a joint effort of my guests for today's Spirit in Action, Aaron Abelman and Dave Room. And we also heard in there Talib Kweli. And I guess your voice is in there too, right? Is that just you? Who, who else in that one? Yes, I sing and wrote, did write the chorus. Talib Kweli wrote the rap section from the perspective of a butterfly, which is interesting and is actually a pretty telling piece that represents the whole project of Pachas Pajamas in that it's part folklore, part storytelling, part science, and also multimedia. Um, the song is really an edutainment piece in and of itself, and we hope that that this music can inspire youth and families around appreciating nature's magic and biodiversity and the range of species that exist all over the world. So the, the butterfly obviously is so special and so important for, for many reasons. But, um, yeah, it was pretty incredible to bring a, a rap star from Brooklyn, New York, to an environmental children's project like Pacha's Pajamas and being able to combine those two very disparate worlds for educational purposes. So Pacha's Pajamas is what we're calling a transmedia platform to really highlight a lot of the critical environmental issues of our day. And it's a story at its center. It's a fictional story about a little girl who becomes a superhero pop star for nature well, with that in mind, let's let Most Deaf introduce us a bit to Pasha. This is from Pasha's Pajamas, called Little Girl, Big Dreams. Pasha was a little girl with big dreams. Her dreams were bigger than the gigantic skyscraper that blocked the sunlight to her classroom. Her dreams were bigger than the biggest elephant at the zoo where her dad worked. She dreamed of dancing hip-hop in front of huge crowds. She imagined cities where kids made the rules. She dreamed of a school where math was music and the beats were the numbers. Pasha used to like to go to the zoo or the local parks, but lately she liked to stay inside. 
These days she was much better at climbing the walls in her parents' tiny apartment than climbing trees. Nature was great and all, but most of the time she just chose to watch TV over going outside. Little Girl, Big Dreams, part of the story of Pasha's Pajamas. Read here by Mostef, written and produced by Aaron Abelman and Dave Room. So we let Mostef have his minute of glory here on Spirit in Action. Now back to you, Aaron. You're the one who created the story after all. What more can you tell us about Pasha? Little Pacha is a, a little girl with big dreams. She's from the city, multi, multi-racial girl with asthma, who kind of your typical city girl, in fact. One night she has an asthma attack. Her mother comforts her with a new pair of pajamas that she's made and says that life isn't always easy, but your dreams can carry you through anything. And that night when she falls asleep, the plants and animals on Pacha's new pajamas come alive and the whale and the hummingbird, the tree, the mushroom, pebble, they all basically unite where the forest reaches the ocean uh, with Pacha there as well disguised as a little gorilla, you know, talking about the state of the world. They decide they're going to do something about it. The mushroom pops up out of nowhere and says, let's throw a big nature festival and they all say, well, what in the world is a nature festival, says the tree? It's like a party for the entire planet, and it might be the only thing that could unite the world in these crazy times. So the mushroom wins over the group, and they decide they're going to produce this huge event, this We Are the World for Nature, and they build a stadium, half land, half water, powered by electric eels, and the black-eyed peas come to perform at their real peas, and... The Beatles are an insect band, and Fox News is broadcasting, but it's real foxes. The sun and moon are the spotlights, and it's Pacha's journey disguised as a gorilla into this amazing unification of the planet. She's the only human that's invited, in fact, and, well, the plants and animals don't even know she's a human until until the end, and I won't give it away, but basically it's a, it's an incredible platform for us to be able to highlight species loss, climate change, biodiversity, environmental justice, all sorts of issues, and embed those into a a great and fun educational story for kids and and their families and for schools, of course. So out of that emerges a range of different products. The audio book, obviously, which is the forthcoming album coming out on Earth Day. The EP is available now with the illustrated children's book. There's also mobile and online apps that are going to be developed. There's a range of of different other products, like most excitingly looking to do a TV series. Really leveraging uh, the power of great storytelling as a, as an educational tool and seeing, you know, all the different places that, that can go, the curriculum that can develop out of that. We also have a live show that travels to schools and conferences and events that has been getting some rave reviews. We've presented to almost 10,000 people over the last six months. Wow, you're putting together so many different pieces to make this happen. The website is pachaspajamas.com. You can find it via northernspiritradio.org. Or maybe you want to spell that for us, Aaron. 
Yeah, you can you can check out pachaspajamas.com, P-A-C-H-A-S, pajamas.com. You can also check out Balance Edutainment, that's B-A-L-A-N-C-E-E-D-U-T-A-N-M-E-N-T.com. Both are great and exciting interactive websites to engage the parent and child around critical issues as well as getting our amazing products out into the world. As a child, were you inspired by Captain Planet? Did you see that when you were a youngster? Oh, Captain Planet was great inspiration in many ways. The funny thing is I actually didn't watch that much television as a kid. I had to sneak away to my friend's house to go watch TV because we didn't even have a television that, that lived out, out of the closet. It lived in a closet and was taken out mainly for Saturday morning cartoons. So my pop culture was definitely worth the risk of getting in trouble to go over to my friend's house. That's how powerful you know our TV shows are for young people. I remember sneaking out of the house once to go watch a Simpsons episode. <laughs> and Captain Planet. And, and Captain Planet was really quite an amazing, uh, whole philosophically, everything that it puts together. Maybe it'll help jog some memories of Captain Planet, or maybe introduce some listeners to the Captain Planet saga, kind of last generation forerunner to what you're doing with Pasha's Pajamas. If I played the intro for the TV cartoon, which ran from 1990 to 96 or so, Get ready, Planeteers. Here he comes. Our world is in peril. Gaia, the spirit of the Earth, can no longer stand the terrible destruction plaguing our planet. She sends five magic rings to five special young people. Watch from Africa with the power of Earth. From North America, we with the power of fire. Soviet Union, Minka, with the power of wind. From Asia, Yi, with the power of water. And from South America, Mati, with the power of heart. When the five powers combine, they summon Earth's greatest champion, Captain Planet. Yep, the power is yours, Planeteer. That was part of your childhood, Aaron, and I imagine that it, as well as your parents' example and a lot of other influences, they all work together to get you on the track you're traveling, really concerned for the environment. I think that maybe that's what you're doing for this next generation. Absolutely. I mean, this is very much taking inspiration from a lot of the great TV shows, and even films and books that have come before us, everything from, you know, the Lorax to Sesame Street. We forget how pervasive and important these platforms, as I call them, really are for families to be able to communicate about the world to their children. And and I know that growing up, I didn't want to listen to a lecture, but I would very much be happy to check out a, you know, some cultural piece about the very same things, you know, that might have otherwise slipped over my head. So I think it's important that we consider 
how we're communicating to our, our next generations as being almost as important as what we're communicating. And so what you've chosen is, um, you know, it's essentially it's a musical. It's a animated story of sorts. There's singing and there's dialogue and you got people like Mostef included in there. And so you've got real star power. Are you at all afraid that with all this wonderful entertainment you have, which is talking about nature, wants to connect people with nature, that instead what kids are going to do is stay inside and watch the screen? <laughs> That's a great question. I'm, it's something that we've really struggled with, and I think that there is a challenge around creating more technology-based content that can really support getting kids outside and back into nature. I mean, I think that in some ways that's an irony. At the same time, we have to meet kids where they're at and lead them, you know, back out into the woods and, you know, reconnect them even with each other. You know, a lot of kids are not getting the kind of social interaction that they used to. But things like music and, you know, live events, the school programs, the curricula, the offline content like the illustrated book and prints and, you know, that, that, all that material has great potential to serve, you know, the real world, so to speak, you know, or that which is beyond just the screen-based reality that a lot of our nation's children are so focused on. The statistic that we often cite is that kids are on screen seven hours, seven and a half hours a day and for Latinos and African American populations, that's almost double. It's 13 hours a day right now. And the truth is, that is where the population is. You know, most of them are on YouTube. Pretty much everybody is on YouTube. There's 900 million people on Facebook. So we can't any longer ignore the importance, obviously, that social media and online content is having. So I think, you know, it's it's sort of both. It's not one or the other. We You know, we need offline and online. We need schools to reconnect with the home. You know, the the connection between our communities and our schools needs to be bridged once again. And, you know, we can't have kids going to school and studying something that is very important and high integrity and learning about how to respect one another. And then on the ride home from school on the radio is songs talking about disrespecting women and promoting violence. You know, there needs to be more real content on our pop stations and where people are, are plugging into. And I, and it's my, it's my contention that we can create the same kind of party atmosphere that's super fun and exciting for kids, you know, as popular as Jay-Z even, but still doesn't, you know, we don't have to degrade women. We don't have to disrespect one another and, and also that we can talk about real issues, you know, that that is still saleable. There's a market for that. I wonder from your personal experience, Aaron, if you grew up feeling like you were out of the loop because, you know, you didn't have television set up there at home because your parents were a little bit on that environmental edge, did you feel like, oh, I just wish I could eat a Big Mac every day and, you know, whatever? Oh, I mean, I have to say I got I got tugged down to Taco Bell a few times and McDonald's to just by virtue of the of the social experience and what 
everybody else was doing, you know. Yeah, there was a lot of alienation and, you know, I went through some really crazy bullying and even, like, being ostracized at points, having to eat my healthy sandwich in the bathroom for fear of being beaten up. And I remember the first or second day of junior high school, seventh grade, and getting my organic sandwich stomped on, you know, by some folks that couldn't understand why I wasn't eating the, you know, at the Taco Bell line, you know. So it's definitely something I've dealt with. I think I've been lucky, you know, to have overcome some of those feelings of, you know, just self-worth around, you know, I mean, especially when you're a teenager, your social life is everything, and it takes a lot to stay in your own power and, you know, just be who you are, you know, and that's been a long journey for me. So, you know, I'm excited about, you know, just finding ways of empowering these next generations to stand up for what's right for themselves, you know, and not just being another pawn, you know, just because everybody else is doing something doesn't mean that you have to be, you know, just jumping on that bandwagon, you know what I mean? So it's it's something that, that I think I'm excited to be promoting and standing up for as an artist. You know, there's not, a, there's not a lot of hip-hop artists out there that are doing education in this way. And it's been difficult at times, you know, to get the kind of radio play, to get the kind of attention from record labels or whatnot, because I don't necessarily fit into that box that's being created. And I think that, you know, those boxes are dangerous. They've created an industry that only accepts a certain way, but I think, you know, I think the ice is melting, things are shifting, you know, we're, you know, even songs like Where's the Love that the Black Eyed Peas did in 2003, which was a major, major international hit, that song is talking about some real world stuff, you know, and yet it's still super danceable and is played all over commercial radio and, you know, so we're hoping that we can create those kind of hits that can translate into the Disney radio world, but also has an an appeal to the kind of world that we're living in, which is significantly different than it was even even 10 years ago. You know, the some of the major issues around population and global pollution and climate change and obviously things like Occupy and the political corporate landscape as well. You know, the world is shifting so much that if we want our music and our media to stay relevant, you know, we have to, that's why we're on social media so much is to, you know, make sure that we have our ears to the streets and our ears to what the movement is talking about and that we can translate that and, you know, put that into into pop culture. You know, we'd love to, you know, I personally think pop culture is just culture that's popular. It's what people are listening to. And so if we can get out there in that way and still retain a message, you know? So that's my long-winded answer, excuse me. Well, speaking of popular and trying to be and encourage popular, how about The Coolest Dream? Can we share that from Pachas Pajamas? Yeah, this is a great song that is a spinoff of Party in the USA by Miley Cyrus. It's featuring Tiana and Lil Lissy two incredible young artists that we are super excited about. They emerged out of 
the national auditions that we did for the Pachas Pajamas album. And we're really excited to be able to promote this next generation of amazing young artists. So big up to all the, all the child superstars out there. The coolest dream from Pachas Pajamas. We have a special final performer for y'all. The Gorilla rocking and dancing like the biggest pop star since Popcorn. Give it up for Pachas! Once upon a time in a nursery rhyme with a smile without teeth or cheese A tongue without a jury A song without a beat Couldn't find my way back Isn't it a cool dream, that dream of changing the world, making it better, having the connection there? You mentioned, by the way, that Pacha, in your story, when she appears amongst the animals, they don't know that she's a human. And this is a dream, but it sounds to me kind of like a musical-based <laughs> council of all beings, like Joanna Macy was teaching. Was that part of the inspiration for your idea? Well, Joanna Macy has been a major inspiration for me. In fact, I didn't ever know about the work of Council of All Beings until I met with her and she said, oh my God, 
Hospice pajamas is like the kids' version of Council of All Beings. You know, that we had this kind of revelation around how much this work is, you know, and this story is at its best, it's an archetype. You know, it's an archetypal story, a myth that represents kind of reweaving the web of life to use the metaphors around her pajamas, so to speak. So we, you know, we've been impressed by how much this story is connecting with people and, and actually kind of reawakening them and helping folks remember our connections to life and doing that in a fun way. You're listening to Spirit in Action. This is a Northern Spirit Radio production. Our website is northernspiritradio.org and come to the site and hear our programs of the last six and a half years. You can also find links to our guests, like to Balance Edutainment and Pajamas. And you can find out about them on our site, northernspiritradio.org. And there's a lot more information out there, but especially we'd like you to drop us a comment when you come by. Leave us a comment and let us know what you like, what you don't like, and where we can go. One of the places that we're all going together is the future of this earth, and for better or worse, we've got that ahead of us. Fortunately, we've got people like Aaron Abelman and Dave Room who are working on promoting a better future, and theirs through creativity, through music, through videos. And uh, you spoke at one point, Aaron, of the possibility of a TV program, TV show. What's that about, or is that just a dream that's far off there in the future? Well, it's closer than we might think. In fact, we're looking to shoot a pilot for the well, it would be a TV and web series, and that has yet to be publicly announced, but you know, we're looking at a TV series which would basically tell the story of this little girl superhero for nature and her journeys and her dreams to basically unite the planets and do that in all these fun adventures. It would be part live action and part animation, Her real life would be shot in film, and then her dream life would be animated. We're looking at getting that out to a a major network, you know, to Nickelodeon or Disney, mainly because of the kind of, once again, that that pervasive reach that those networks still have, despite the the power of the Internet and, and the fact that so much is happening online. We'd like to, you know, build a strong audience from the ground up online, but that also would be able to come from a a major network. And I think that, you know, Disney or Nickelodeon really would be our ideal targets. Do you have background that makes you especially able for this? You spoke already of your environmental lifestyle growing up, all the stuff that your father and mother values they inculcated in you. What enabled you to be a rapper, a musician, and maybe a, a movie maker, a showmaker? That's interesting. I I don't know if I would have ever necessarily predicted this as a career for myself. In some ways, you know, I came into music. Well, I you know I, I studied violin as a kid and and guitar, but I you know I got very into sports when I was a teen and discovered some creative side of me that was deeply missing when I was about 15, I guess 16. I got into a lot of world literature and poetry, Pablo Neruda, William Blake, a range of different literary influences. And I had some incredible schooling at that time, some teachers that really lit a fire under me in some incredible way. And 
yeah, I, just, I discovered a deep passion for literature and, and really just, you know, narrative and storytelling and, and the expressive art, as I sometimes call them. Subsequently was a playwright by the time I was, actually a, a produced playwright by the time I was 17, as well as started and finished my first book when I was 18, and then went into university studying world literature and spent time back east at university in Massachusetts and then in Montreal and then spent time at uh, my girlfriend at the time was a Rhodes Scholar at Oxford University and I was hired to do some work there before traveling to India and, you know, kind of this incredible unveiling and a blessing to be able to travel the world as well through, I think, a very deep, I guess, storytelling lens and capacity to take in my world and ideally just to translate that into the written word and also starting to perform when I was 17 with music and with story as well as being inspired by hip-hop as well. You know, actually most deaf and Talib Kweli as Black Star, their first album was a huge inspiration for me. So you know, the the kind of multitude of elements that came together to bring me into an artistic career, I guess you could say. And, you know, I've struggled to make that work financially at points, but I, I think that as an artist, you have to be creative about everything and therefore you can do anything. And I, I think I've had that perspective that if I work hard and I really stay diligent on a task, you know, whether or not it's being a dishwasher, I was a dishwasher for a year, I was a busser and a cook, and, you know, I've done every kind of side job just to stay afloat and keep my art alive, and that's been a blessing, you know, in the last almost 10 years, I've been lucky to have been very well networked with youth programming, particularly focused on education for at-risk youth, and there's been, I think, a renaissance of appreciation for artists getting into the classrooms and, you know, artists as educators and that's brought me into some amazing, amazing parts of the world. One of the things, Aaron, that I'd like to find out from my guests is any of the spiritual or religious background that they've had or where they're going. So Mostef, for instance, I happen to know that he's a Muslim. Bringing in wonderful spirituality from that background is motivation for making the world better. What works for you and where did you grow up and what are you doing now in your life, spiritually, religiously? Well, I think that's a great question. I think religion and spirituality are very personal for everybody, and they can be obviously cultural. And, and well, I think religion is much more a cultural connection. Spirituality, I think, is very personal. And for me, you know, I was raised in some ways very pagan, you could say, but I come from a, a Jewish family that exposed me to a, a wide range of the world's religious and spiritual traditions. And also, I had to discover for myself a connection to a, a higher purpose, you could say, through some of my travels to India and my practice as an avid meditator and yoga practitioner. You know, I've also been very excited by the science of mind movement and tradition that has emerged over the last, I guess, 75 years, most recently kind of popularized by movies like The Secret and Michael Beckwith, who's been a big supporter for Pachis Pajamas. 
and that also the, you know, the indigenous inspiration that I've had, particularly native people's connection to the land and to the earth and, and to the cosmos, the cosmology of indigenous peoples has been just a huge, huge influence on me. I, I spent time with the Hopi when, when I was uh, very young and, you know, have been deeply inspired by just the, the cosmology and, and the understanding that all life is alive and all beings are interconnected. We're all related, you know, all my relations. You know, I've been lucky to have been exposed to a, a wide range of the world's traditions spiritually. And I think that's been a, a big aspect of my service in the world and, and my intentions to really use my work for future generations. One of my favorite quotes recently is, I'm paraphrasing, which is basically that often we plant trees that we'll never sit under, but still we must plant those trees. And I think that, that Dr. King and Gandhi and leaders of that nature and, you know, the Dalai Lama have all modeled ways of serving the world in a deeply spiritual way that doesn't feel awkward or inauthentic and can also be, uh, you know, can be applied for anyone, you know. And that's one thing I love about, you know, a lot of these traditions is, you know, when you get to the root of them, it's about finding your own magic inside, you could say, you know, your own spirit, your own God within, whatever that means for you, you know, it doesn't have to be called God. So I think, you know, I think that's been a part of my practice, you know, that, that we are all living, walking Buddhas and Jesuses and the more that we can step into our power in that way and move beyond the judgments of society, the disempowering aspects of some religions, I think that, yeah, that that's going to be a huge force of liberation. And, and I think we're seeing that awakening happening, you know, just in, in very simple ways. You know, And I think some of it is just connected to the changes that are happening on the planet right now. You see a lot of people that are going through deep transformation, you know, even if it's just within their own family and life trajectory. So I'm, I'm very excited about how we can collectively begin to support one another in integrating more of our spiritual lives and our, you know, our heart, I guess, into the world in a, in a way that feels balanced and authentic. Well, that's a great and noble sentiment, and it's one that you're backing up with action through your work as Balance Edutainment, your work partnering with Dave Room. Again, you can go to the website, balanceedutainment.com. You can go to pachaspajamas.com. You can follow the link from northernspiritradio.org. And you're going to find out a lot of the work and a lot of the passions that are guiding Aaron and Dave and people like Mostef and others who are working with them to support this vision. It's a changing one for the world. And I'm so pleased, Aaron, that you could join me for Spirit in Action. Thank you so much and many blessings on this incredible journey. Thanks again. And we're going to go out today for Spirit in Action with one more recording from Pacha's Pajamas. It features Mustaf, and it's called Call Heard Round the World. Please go to pachaspajamas.com, find out about the whole thing, the videos and everything that's coming up. Call Heard Round the World by Aaron Abelman and Dave Room. Pebble rocked and rolled out the news to the mountaintops and down to the valleys. 
Mushroom had fun telling the fungi. Tree branched out and gave invitations far and wide. Hummingbird spread the word to all the flowers. Whale made a million calls with her beautiful ocean songs. And the Macintosh apple sent tree mail to the farms. The tickets were made from maple leaves and the squid provided the ink to print them. Pasha was so excited to work on her dance routine and help the others that she began to forget that she was human. The natural world united to build a nature stadium out of boulders, shells, and gold. The stage was half land, half water, and was powered by electric eels. The sun lit the stage by day and the moon by night. But could they get all the species to gather together? Slithering, whistling, whooping, crinkling? Could they get everything done? Rolling, roaring, shaking, beating. Would the guests make it on time? They came wing by wing, hoof by hoof, leaf by leaf, misting, squawking, cooing, and moving. The turtles, the snails, and slugs eventually arrived, late as usual. And yes, the entire planet came, except for the humans. Like the others, Pasha was so thrilled she felt like she had butterflies in her stomach. And real butterflies flew over the stage, painting the sky with their colorful wings. At that, the show was ready to begin. That was the last clip from Pasha's Pajamas, produced by Aaron Abelman and Dave Room, performed by Mos Def. Aaron had to move on, but this leaves me with a few minutes extra to share some of the music on related themes that I've shared on earlier shows with other guests. We've got time for two, I think. So first, you'll hear a piece by John Watts. I first had him as a guest over four years ago, and he was my guest again for Song of the Soul a couple months back with his latest release. First time he joined me, he shared this piece with the refrain, Inhale, Exhaust, Exhale, Love. He calls it, We Are Lovers of Our Lost Earth. I'm like friendship, because I'll never go away. I'm like a drop of rain on a cloudy day, and I'm awake. As if I never went to sleep, and now I'm dancing in the street as if there was no street. Now I'm alone, and I'm surrounded. I could try to find myself a home, but houses are too crowded. My living situation here, foundations just been founded. I spend my time considering considerations, boundaries. Don't look at me, because I'm old. Don't say you've heard of me because my story's not been told I'm living underground, this year the surface is too cold It's a landslide, landslide, rebounding these old roads It's inhale, exhaust, exhale Us to places to 
tangential to mention you I could give you names, and I could name dates And I could focus on the means to end all the debates But this is music, it's elusive, I produce it exclusively And it leads to loose conclusions which destroy illusions usefully I don't like running in place, so now I'm walking in the city Carbon monoxide in my lungs, I feel empty We cut down all the trees, so now it's up to us We've got to inhale, exhaust, exhale, love sharing his song, We Are Lovers of Our Lost Earth, where he invites us to inhale, exhaust, exhale, love, about transforming our relationship to the earth around us and be part of the change that we want to see in the world. The second and last piece of music I want to share on the themes developed by Aaron Abelman and Dave Room with their production of Pasha's Pajamas. This one is from Gina Satoli. Gina is a very talented musician with a deep connection to and passion for the earth. She's put together something she calls the Cabaret of Consciousness, a kind of play, musical, fostering a healing vision for the earth, like this final song for today's Spirit in Action, The Eco Boogie by Gina Satoli. See you next week for Spirit in Action. Swing. Ooh, baby, baby, the rain is real.
climate neutral, fire up solar grids, intelligent materials, back back carbon footprints. Yeah. Harvest rainwater, I'm here to tell. Net zero waste, we're going natural. Be an eco warrior, an eco politician. Come on, buy local, it's really Music for this program is Turning of the World, performed by Sarah Thompson. This Spirit in Action program is an effort of Northern Spirit Radio. You can listen to our programs and find links and information about us and our guests on our website, northernspiritradio.org. Thank you for listening. I am your host, Mark Helpsmeet, and I welcome your comments and stories of those leading lives of spiritual fruit. May you find deep roots to support you and grow steadily toward the light. This is Spirit in Action. With every voice, with 